has long carried overtones of glamour, such as have been associated with no other period in European history. The use of the term Renaissance to denote a period in European history without the limitation of specific reference to art or letters was made popular by Michelet's Histoire de France in 1855. It was then taken over into German and given a much wider acceptance through the influence of Burckhardt's Die Kultur der Renaissance in Italien in 1860. Since then, the French word has been used by English and most other European historians. The term has frequently been criticized, but as yet, there is no other commonly accepted name for one of the most significant periods in the evolution of European civilization. To the average reader, it evokes a brilliantly coloured picture of an age when all life was a work of art, an age of versatile supermen, of cultured princes and condottieri, of classical scholars and divinely gifted painters and sculptors, the age of the discovery of the world and of man. The component elements of this picture have been selected from the age itself, but the picture as a whole is the legacy left by the creative genius of Jakob Burckhardt. For more than a generation, however, scholarly critics have been attacking Burckhardt's conception of the Renaissance from the most varied points of view, so that, though it remains a commonly recognized historical period, there is no longer any general agreement as to its character, its causes, or even its geographical and chronological limits. It has become, in fact, the most intractable problem child of historiography. The study of the Renaissance here presented is intended as an essay in interpretation rather than a narrative of events. The civilization of any age presents a bewildering confusion of varied and often conflicting characteristics. It is one of the most important duties of the historian to select and arrange these characteristics so that they form part of a reasonably intelligible picture, for until that task has been performed, history remains a meaningless chaos without form and void. The historian will, of course, endeavour, above all things, to make his presentation of the period conform as closely as possible to reality. Yet, in the end, it must appear as seen through his eyes, from his point of view, and interpreted through the medium of his understanding. And, since history is in this sense created by the historian, and he, in turn, is the product of his age and environment, history varies from generation to generation, and must be constantly reinterpreted. 
That does not mean that history written in the past is not of great value. It is indeed indispensable to the student, for each portrayal of an age illuminates it from a different angle and calls attention to essential factors which might easily be overlooked in the disorganized confusion of the original sources. It may be well, therefore, to begin our study by noting briefly the various points of view from which the Renaissance has been presented in the past. The idea that there was a great revival or rebirth of literature and the arts after a thousand years of cultural sterility in the 14th and 15th centuries originated with the Italian writers of the Renaissance themselves. Finding the feudal and ecclesiastical literature and Gothic art of the Middle Ages uncongenial to their taste, 